Hey, folks, this is Brock, producer of the Sprocket Podcast, bringing you a best of. And this is what was originally episode 267, featuring our friend Daniel Harkins, who spent a lot of time doing some forest firefighting. Uh, it's pretty impressive. I love the way this conversation went. Harkins is uh, a good friend of ours. He's been through so many adventures since then and uh, really, uh, really a fun stand-up guy. So uh, we're glad to bring you this conversation that Aaron and I had with him back in 2015, talking about the state of firefighting and what he did in his experience there. Uh, we will be back with another updated show later on but uh just a couple of notes i I did want to say that i think um i think my voice has changed since then and probably aaron's too we're we're all older than we used to be uh but hey five years is five years also uh i did in fact buy a vehicle in 2019 and it was not a truck it was a car but it's a car with a bike rack on it and we are trying our darndest to use it as little as possible um However, a mother's work is really never done, and a mother's work often involves uh, using the car for groceries. So there's that. I do still want the little truck. Also, um, I'm trying to remember, were there any other, uh, any other dangling threads between uh, this conversation and now? Probably not. But if it raises questions, let us know. This Brocket Podcast at gmail.com. Okay, uh, without further ado, episode 267 featuring... Daniel Harkins, Savior of the Forest. Hey, do you know what that is in the background? Oh my god! It's the East Portland Traction <laughs> Company! Oregon Pacific, I can't Thank you, Eric Iverson, for sending that our way. He is our resident train foamer, <laughs> and we are proud to have him associated with us. Yes, yeah, yeah. very much. If anybody's not familiar with that, they should first Google train foamer. Are they going to find anything bad if they Google that? I, I, think. I have no idea. This is, <laughs> this is the first time I've heard of somebody being referred to as a train foamer, or even foamer as a, as a noun. Look it up on Google. Yeah. <laughs> So, uh, hello. Put, put safe search on. <laughs> Welcome to the Sprocket Podcast, where we are encouraging you to look up lurid material <laughs> and simplifying the good life. My name is, did I say my name? You haven't yet. My name is Brock Dittis. <laughs> and I'm Aaron Flores, broadcasting from the People's Republic of Portland, nestled in the heart of Cascadia. We are the show that brings you somewhat irreverent conversations about the intricacies of thinking locally with a global perspective. And enjoying the best that life has to offer along the way. And you said you weren't good at creating silence. I'm working on it. Covering bicycling, trains in transit, and simpler living. And today, saving the forests of Washington. That's right. We're here with our good friend Daniel Harkins. Hello. Hey, what's up, guys? Thank you for coming hey. back. Right on. You know, it's this nice is, to be back. This is your third time, I think, yeah, right? Yeah, it's third time on the show. And you've been to both of our live events. Uh, and what? All two of them. Yes. <laughs> no, I think I missed one. Oh, really? Yeah. You were, it, I, it felt like you were there. That's I was the here thing. at the last, I was, I was at the last one. <laughs> You're at the last one. Yeah. You should just say you were at both of them. <laughs> okay. I was at both of them. <laughs> and part of Team Sincerity. Yeah. So. 
The uh, muscle of Team Sensei. That's right. Uh, how did I even get that nickname? <laughs> <laughs> By being the muscle, <laughs> I, I guess, of Team Sincerity. <laughs> I'll take it. Yeah. So, uh, well, it's been it's been like a whole season since you've been fighting fires, but you fought some fires. So uh, we're gonna have you share about that. Yeah. How long has it been now since you've talked about firefighting? Since I've talked about it, yeah, to uh, anybody. Uh, probably a month or so. Okay, yeah. 15 minutes when we were just <laughs> at the beer mongers. <laughs> That's right, yeah. <laughs> hey, speaking of the beer mongers, guess yeah. what happened this weekend? Hey, I think I know, but go ahead and tell me. <laughs> no, you know, because you beat me there. Um, yeah, we, well, yeah. We went to Portland International Raceway for, was it this season wrap-up? The finale, or there's like one more next weekend. Uh, that's where I'm really confused. Is one it was like the- <laughs> I was getting conflicting information of people telling me it was the last one of the season, right? And then other people telling me there was one more after this. Is penultimate the next to last, or is that the penultimate? Is like yeah, that's that's final. Oh, right? it is. Or oh, I don't know. I don't know. See, either. we know some is big that- words. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> Johnny K, <laughs> help me! <laughs> Quick to the Google. Uh, we were, I was going to say it was the penultimate race. Um, it was a big one, and it was one of the last. So um, we were there, and Terry, who is uh, well, a former guest, former from guest, episode three forty one. Um, yeah, actually, episode two forty one. Oh right, but for a while right, we had it mislabeled. Also from the future. Now we have to pencil that in when we get to 341. Terry has to come on. There we go. But, um, yeah, it, he's uh, Sean's brother, Sean, who owns the Beer Mongers. And uh, did I tell you? I, well, I, I won't go into it now. I had a All dream right. in which Sean sold the Beer Mongers. Oh, right. And I was yes. his Uber driver. But, yes. uh, yeah, I think I talked about that in the audio that we captured at the cyclocross race. Yeah. So I'll be um, editing that down uh, over yeah, the weekend. Sometime. Hopefully... By next week, we'll have that. Whenever. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, we just kind of let the tape run and uh, talk to people that were around, and most of them knew they were being recorded. I think we have uh, I think we have consent from everyone who, <laughs> who will share pieces from. Yeah. As Either people or, came up and talked to you, you're like, by the way, I've got this recorded. Just so you so, know. Just, just so case, you know, if you come up and talk to me, you're going to be on record. In case you wonder like, why there's this thing with a sock over it. <laughs> right, your makeshift windscreen. Because I can't afford a windscreen, but yeah. Um, <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, and you were all apologetic to Eric, who was there. Like, oh yeah, I should have gave you this windscreen. Well, yeah, because I totally forgot to tell them about wind noise when they went right. out on the outback. So if you listen to the three part series, including well, so we had the prologue, which was an in studio episode with the yeah. crew, and then the three part episode uh, into uncharted territory. Uncharted territory. Uncharted. <laughs> uh, they took our recorder out to the outback and recorded themselves last May. Right. So this is uh, this is like that, except we didn't go as far. But there was still mud. But the, yeah, there was. <laughs> yeah. So anyways, it was fun. It was the first time I'd... Well, no. I had been to a cyclocross race before, but it was the first time in a long time. It was the... Yeah, no, I it was my first cyclocross race. I think I had watched David Hetty do like a mountain oh, okay. race. Yeah, because I watched Hetty do cyclocross at, uh, at Barton Park. Okay, and he was there yesterday. We didn't yeah. know he was going to be there, but uh, Adele <laughs> I didn't and see I, him until like after we had already decided we were going to leave. Yeah, Adele and I and Kayla were standing like next to the porta potties because we were going to use you know the porta potties. That's and then usually there was why also, one would stay. You don't stand <laughs> next to them for recreation. There was also unrelated standing water from all the rain that was pooled up near them, and so oh, right. part of the course went through this like big lake of water. So uh, we were standing there watching that. That was where David walked up. Oh, okay. So, right yeah, anyways, there's uh, tons and tons of audio. But uh, we hung out there. Grilled by Bike Crew was there. 
Yeah. And uh, yeah. And Eilif's uh, uh, burn barrel. The burn barrel like, of fame. The that one that he found and changed everything. Uh, it's, changed his life. Yeah. Now he has skid plating on the back of his bike to protect. <laughs> to uh, protect, well, the bike. <laughs> to protect the tire and, from and melting. The tires, yeah. yeah. And we cook things on shovels. That's, yeah. That was bad. That's how he does it on the burn barrel. Is, that is, is so cool. Cooking it on the shovel. Daniel, have you seen this? Um, I've seen his burn barrel. It's so cool. I've been on several uh, grilled by bike rides. Right. I've never seen anybody cook anything on a shovel. And then Aaron, you did it several times. Uh, well, I mastered the under, <laughs> the under grill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because um, I had all these, all these root vegetables. It's a he- that I was well, yeah, cooking because they go under things. And so, yeah, you know. <laughs> well, no, it just seemed like it just seemed almost, almost like this is this is wasted energy unless that, you put a vegetable underneath <laughs> right, it. Yeah, because right. it was suspended. It was, it was not it was off like the ground. Maybe a foot. Yeah. off the ground. Yeah, um, and you know, there's a lot of heat going on there. Totally. So Eilif is cooking on one shovel. He had two shovels, a meat shovel and a vegetable shovel. Which is considerate of him. Yeah, that was fair. I was I was like, I'll cook my vegetables on the meat which shovel. Which one is the cool. vegetarian shovel? Yeah. But yeah, <laughs> but he gave me he gave me the vegetable, the vegetarian shovel. Wait, was one marked differently than the other? Uh the vegetarian shovel was more of a flat end scoop. Oh, okay. And more of a spade. Uh, no, less no. of a spade. Oh. Uh the meat shovel was more of a spade end. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, I'm just going to nod because I don't really know the difference between the two. Spade is pointed <laughs> like a triangle. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Kind of like look you at know, the cards. Look at the cards. Oh sure. Spades. Oh oh right right like the ace of spades. There you go. Now You're I'm the in. only card you need. <laughs> okay. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. So that was a lot of fun, and yeah. we're going to share that audio. So you know that was all made possible because of the beer mongers, because they were they had the tents, they sponsored the it tents was, that everybody stood team, underneath. Team beer mongers that Why, was racing. Yeah. Anybody in a green shirt got cheered. My God, they were huge. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then the other cool thing was that people just kind of wandered in and out of space. Like, it it was the beer monger's tent, but, like, especially because there was the burn barrel. Like, just people walked up and stood next I, to it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, there was, there was, I think, the advantage of the burn barrel. But I think it's just sort of the culture that, like, right. people just kind of walk in and out. Um, right, right, right. buy each other's tents. If I had known that, I would have wandered through everybody's tent just grabbed food the whole time. <laughs> right. The, the only downside of that was that there was the guy who, like, bodily moved you without saying anything to you. It was, like, right as we were about to leave. Oh, I, I missed that. I don't that. know if it bothered it, you, but it bothered me. I just I didn't say anything I don't about remember, it. I don't remember that happening it was just like, No, me. we were, like, standing next to the hummus, and uh, he, like, puts a hand on your shoulder, doesn't say anything, just, like, pushes you to the side. And I was like, what the fuck? So, so. he could get to the hummus himself? <laughs> I guess. Or? I don't know. Oh. Uh, he was just entering the tent and decided, yeah. So yeah, I missed that altogether. <laughs> I'm glad. That's good. So it wasn't a scarring experience. Maybe he's just really quiet. He it could be. You know. He's an introvert. Yeah. <laughs> With assertive hands. <laughs> <laughs> there is that, like, I don't know how to politely ask this person how to move. Or to I don't know how to politely ask this person oh, yeah. to move and and yeah. so and like now I'm at this critical juncture where I want to go. It's like, well, what do I do? I guess I'm just gonna have to push him aside because somehow I haven't acquired the language to just say, "Can you please move right. while I get through here?" People do good when they I'm can. too embarrassed of myself to, <laughs> so I'll just shove them aside. Well, I don't. I, you were the one that was moved, not me, and so I don't know. I, really? Well, how do I not know? Was it was it just so traumatizing that I blocked it out? <laughs> maybe it was me. Maybe it was me not realizing. Like maybe he was just setting a hand on your shoulder to let you know he was there, but I was interpreting that as him pushing you. 
Oh, really? Maybe that was what happened. Did I fall down? No. Okay. <laughs> no, you just moved over. <laughs> That's good. So maybe it was nothing to think about. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> was I screaming and wetting myself or something? You were not screaming. Okay. I don't know anything else. <laughs> I'm just trying to figure out how traumatizing was this if I've blocked it out in my head. I didn't notice anything. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so anyways, go to a cyclocross race. It's fun. Yeah. 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 And there, literally there were so many people there. Um, the other thing I noticed is that if you roll into like anywhere with a loaded touring bike, because Adele and I had gone up to my friend Billy's house in Camas for oh, a right. housewarming. And uh, if you roll in with panniers anywhere, people look at you funny, even at a bike event. Well, there's so, so there's the very degrees of of um, reaction, right? And maybe I they mean, thought I, I was. Ro- I rolled race. in on a mini bike, so yeah. That, and I can't imagine like what the grilled by bike people <laughs> must must have like, right. What their reactions? Must oh, have we should have asked that. Well, I mean, the reactions continued to happen as people wandered past. Well, yeah, when things are on fire, there was like always a large crowd around the burn yeah, barrel. Yeah. Um, and around JP's rig, which is awesome with the stakes and the gee lines. <laughs> right. So, yeah. <laughs> Had like to stabilize. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Had to stabilize the swing bike. Totally. <laughs> totally. So, yeah. Anyways, we'll share all that audio. But, yeah. In the meantime, if you can't get enough of that sweet, sweet cyclocross action, go to the beer mongers and talk to Terry. Yeah. Because he wants to talk to you about cyclocross. Yeah. 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 He, would be, he would be very open to telling you all all the stories and we should thank the folks at the beer mongers for providing at southeast 12th and division <laughs> uh yes i'm drinking the abominable winter ale from hub hopworks i got myself a Lionheart. <laughs> well done <laughs> thank you remember when i wouldn't say it yes <laughs> and now now i can't stop you <laughs> <laughs> i don't i don't know why but do I want to know why? 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 Wh- why, wouldn't say it? why I wouldn't say it? Yeah, I, I don't you thought know. it sounded funny. I, yeah, oh, I don't okay. know. It's I've I felt like I had this image to upkeep. Like you know, <laughs> I'm all cool and hard. <laughs> you know, you're cooler when you say Lionheart. Lionheart. Yeah. So, and what, what are you drinking, Harkins? I've got a steelhead root beer. That's the best root beer. Yeah, it's pretty delicious. Yeah. I like it. You know what I had was uh, not your father's root beer, which is alcoholic. You're right. I don't um, like it. Oh. It's too sweet. Oh, yeah? It's too sweet. Okay. I, it doesn't have any sugar in it. At least at least not like you know, Wait, added Wait, but that sugar. root beer is not too sweet? That, or is it different because that's a root beer root beer? This tastes like this to. tastes like root beer, not your father's or grandfather's or whatever the hell it's called. It tastes <laughs> like, I don't know. It it tastes like too, too artificially sweet. Okay. In my opinion. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, it, it is weird um, when you're expecting beer. It's not, yeah. not for me. It's not for everybody. And uh, they're also a sponsor of uh, our friends Fun Employment Radio. So, Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. that's really cool. Totally. Uh, here, here's my last thing before we move on. Uh, sure. I just have a question. We don't have to like find the answer now. <laughs> oh, I can't wait. But I have a confession to make. Before I do, I'm going to preface that wait, with Wait, you have a question and a confession? Yes, yes. <laughs> oh. So first off, here's a gift. This is that rock I said I was going to give oh, you. Oh, badass. Yeah. Oh, shit. Sorry. I, I, uh, my apologies. And Harkins, here's uh, here's a rock for you. Nice. That's uh, that. that's it's, a rock from the top of Steen's Mountain. It's like reddish. That's cool. Yeah. It's yeah. like porous lava rock. Yeah. Uh, and that is from like 9,000 feet, 9,500. I, I forget. Anyways, uh, there's lots of, lots of rock up it's there. It's got an interesting smell. Yeah, it's also yeah. been in my backpack since oh, we took well, the Oh, well, maybe that's what it is. <laughs> I'm not going to smell it anymore. <laughs> but since going out to Steen's, I've been thinking about buying a truck. Oh, and, right. And um, I'm conflicted because I have 
proud they've been without like without owning a vehicle for years and years now. Right, right. And I would like to be able to go out and see pretty things on the weekends sometimes. It's nice. Yeah, yeah. And like you, you just bought a bike, right? Like a a motor bike. Yeah. Yes. That so, was part of the logic behind it, but uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and so I'm I'm still kind of trying to smith out the things. Um, I want to get a little truck, not like a big one. Like I, I don't want it to have any wheel wells. I realized I want it to be super square, <laughs> like an old Toyota or Nissan or something. A little Scout. Yeah, yeah, um, and not too high off the ground. So my what about thought, an El Camino. Yeah, I thought about that. <laughs> really? Yeah. No, don't get an El Camino. <laughs> or, or just like a brat, <laughs> like the really small one. With the jump seats. <laughs> yeah, exactly, and, and the tarp over the back, <laughs> the snap tarp. Um, so I'm thinking about like, yeah, I haven't owned a car for, what, five, six years now? Almost six, wait, uh, yeah, almost six years. Okay. And I uh, haven't used a car for like eight, mostly. Um, but I'm wondering if I can like buy a truck and use it for weekend adventures. You got to factor that into your monthly costs. I do. I do. That's the thing. Yeah. Because it would cost money to buy it, even if I buy like a really cheap old one. But then it's going to cost money to fix and keep up. And then I'll also have to pay for insurance. But I could get that. uh, There's a couple of insurance companies now. Metro Mile was the first one that, like, you know, you paid by the mile. Oh, really? Yeah. Because when you buy a slice of pizza, as the ad said, you don't pay for the whole pie. Well, clever. You do. I mean, right, right. you know what the profit margin is on a slice of pizza? You've pretty much paid for a whole pie. <laughs> Depends. Right. Pizza is a racket. Pizza <laughs> yeah. Freaking highway robbery. 7-Eleven pizza? <laughs> <laughs> that shit is cost effective. Yeah. Was for it like them. Four ninety nine, five ninety five fifty five. Yeah. I shouldn't know this. <laughs> and yet I do. And yet you do. <laughs> so anyways, I'm curious, your brief thoughts, if you have them, and then listener- if you have a thought on, like, should I buy a truck? Should I not? How badly should I feel about this? I mean... Should I feel bad at all? Oh, wait. Do it again. I bet they forgot that this was a silent... Quiet rail, rail zone. zone. Oh, my God! So, yeah. <laughs> um, it's uh, it's a question that I've been, been considering. And the other thing that I could do is I could take this truck that I own and put it on one of those car-sharing sites. Because there are not oh, very yeah. many trucks. You can... And whenever I've wanted a truck, like, I haven't really been able to rent one. Like, they're not super close by. So I could lowball all the competition and then rent out my cheap truck. <laughs> there you go. And yeah, it would be kind of like an asset, kind of like your Airbnb or whatever. You know, sure. it's like sometimes it makes money and sometimes I throw money at it. So my thoughts. Yeah. I don't want to I don't want to drive to work every day in my pickup truck. That's not that, thing that, that I want to do. Yeah, that would be I, a real temptation for me. Anyways, right. would be to kind of make it my own my only thing right i mean it's probably good to have something like that for certain things like going out to for a weekend going into the woods yeah because you can't like you can only get to so much of the woods and that's harkens is why you bought your cycle right is because you wanted to go out and and like see pretty things multiple reasons but that was like one of the main selling points and like as soon as i got it I took it up to Mount Hood a couple different times and went on hikes, oh, and it was man. nice, you know, like yeah. having that option. Right. And the cool thing for me is like, I'm not, I'm less likely to rely on it and just like be lazy and not ride the bike because it sucks just as bad in the weather. So it's like, <laughs> well, either way, I'm going to be out in the elements. So. Like it might actually be better to ride your bike in the in yeah, the rain sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> 
Right, because when you're traveling fast and you're out there in the elements, it like gets sketchy. I mean, you got a helmet and you got co- a coat and everything, but yeah. you're still like the raindrops are kind of like little bullets. Eh, the raindrops don't hurt so much, but it's uh, you. You really notice traction a lot more when you're going at speed on two wheels. Oh, sure, you know? yeah, oh yeah, and like leaves and slippery stuff on the road. Those steel plates, right? Anything like that. It's it's a lot different. So. And all the people that haven't started seeing motorcycles yet. Yeah. <laughs> you got to get one of those stickers for your bike. Start seeing motorcycles. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I don't for, think for, I've seen those <laughs> it's, stickers. Yeah, it's just a bumper sticker that says start seeing motorcycles. Oh, I got gotcha. you. But you can put it on your bicycle. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'll do that for you. I'll put one on mine. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> yeah. Why not? <laughs> yeah. So the other thought I had for the truck is if I do get a, a little little pickup truck, a small yeah. one, like a four-cylinder, um, I could just stamp the word adventure on the side. There you go. And then I'll feel super yeah. lame if I'm just going to work. <laughs> <laughs> so that's my thought. Anyways, yeah. Uh, listener, if you have a thought, send it our way. Thisrocketpodcast at gmail.com. Yeah. I guess part of, part of my resistance would just be... Um, kind of keeping up appearances and that's mm-hmm. not that's not a really good motivation to not buy a truck sure yeah but you talking about appearances like within bicycle circles like other people who care about um, car light or car low car or whatever or just like you you've kind of you kind of have a reputation even with, outside of bicycle circles like just with your friends and, and right your family of being this very simple living very. Oh my god! <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, there, there goes, goes another one. Yeah, um, very uh, human-powered trans transportation oriented. Right, right. So there's a certain amount of pride. And maybe maybe I need to like knock my pride down a couple notches. I <laughs> yeah, I like I said, that's probably not a really good motivation to not buy a truck. <laughs> right, right, right. Because <laughs> look how hardcore I am. Look right, how I haven't right, sold exactly, out. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> right. And I think, I, I feel like there probably is. I mean, as much as like selling out is a pretty vague term, but there is a way to sell out and just be like, I'm done with active transportation. Sure. But there's also a way to get some utility out of a, out of a vehicle. So I'm weighing it. Adele wants one. Really? Yeah. All right. Yeah, I mentioned it to her. She's like, oh, that's a good idea. So. You can go mountain biking. I know. Hiking. Right. Or even just like sports, you know, like uh, back to Burns and uh, Steen's Mountain. I would love to do like the the loop around Steen's Mountain, but you can't get out there very easily by bus. I mean, you can get to Burns, but it's still like another day's thing out to the mountain area. Yeah. And you certainly couldn't ride it in just a couple days. Right. And I don't always have a lot of time off. Most people just have like two days on the weekend or whatever. Sometimes you're lucky and you get Memorial Day or something. So that's the one that I I, I would like to be able to go farther with my bike so sure. I could have more adventures. Yeah. Yeah. Or am I just posturing <laughs> as an excuse to buy a little pickup? I don't know. So anyways. I yeah. feel like if it's important to you to, uh, you know, reduce your your car trips in the city and whatnot, then then you're going to stick to that. Just right. having, having the vehicle, it's a tool. It depends on how you use it, you know. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. That's my two cents. Totally. And it's like you never look down at a farmer who has a truck. Right. Because farmers need trucks to farm with. Yeah. Yeah. Moving hogs to market and such. (laughs) So You got to move your hogs to market. Seriously. I got to get some hogs. (laughs) And then I got to find a market for them. Now, if you were getting like a jacked up like Ford F-250. Right. With like an extended cab. Mm Mm-hmm. And like. Yeah. Where's your utility in that? I know. (laughs) So here's the other thing. I don't want any sort of like 
extra cab. I don't even want the jump seat <laughs> thing. I just want like a bench seat in an old Toyota, basically. Right. Yeah. I don't know if they make those anymore. Oh, they don't. I've looked. Okay. <laughs> they don't. Which, uh, you can still find a Muse, I'm sure. There's this great Datsun down in Nevada that's for sale for like $4,000. <laughs> down in Nevada. Yeah, it's got a, it's got like sun damage to the dashboard, but everything else is like classic, like vintage orange paint job on the outside. And it's oh, one of those, man. it's like the tiniest little truck you've ever seen. I totally want it. <laughs> it's on eBay Motors. So if anybody wants to buy me that truck, <laughs> <laughs> auction hasn't ended yet. So, yeah. Daniel. Tell us about firefighting. <laughs> well, um, <laughs> first well, off, well, we should yeah. we should uh, preface by yeah, saying nice that you've been <laughs> you spent some time in a truck. Um, <laughs> you uh, you're part of the National Guard, and you were deployed to fight some of the fires in Washington this last summer because uh, we've been having a fair number of fires over the past couple of years, uh, more extensive ones. So. Yeah, I'd say that's a pretty accurate statement. Uh, it all started um, not this last summer, but the one before that. Um, I guess the last two seasons have been uh, recorded as, like, you know, more extreme or whatever. I don't know. You know, just more intense fire seasons for multiple different reasons and, like, set a lot of records as far as, like, <clears throat> acres burned and and just large uncontained forest fires so they decided that uh in the state of washington they were going to train um like several hundred national guard soldiers and have them on standby so the state could use us as like an additional resource um in case you know it, it got too far out of hand and, and whatever so and it turns out it did yeah yeah so this year um was the first year that I actually got activated and I was pretty excited about it because um, so I, I really wanted to go last year but um, they they uh, only activated a small handful of uh, National Guardsmen and by that point they had already had they had enough resources you know to work with but this year um, they activated us and ended up spending about a month um, doing firefighting and uh yeah it was it was uh <laughs> i'm sure it was intense like yeah. all the pictures that you had on the internet from the summer were of you like with ash smeared across your face <laughs> and looking as though you had spent like you know a million days outdoors and all of them very close to soot so yeah um, so basically we were trained as uh as hand crew uh personnel and hand crews in wildfire fighting are like the infantry guys of like wildland fires you, you pretty much like hike out into the woods with like a with a backpack and like one of many different tools uh i'm sure you, you're familiar with a pulaski maybe it's like an axe on one end and on the other end it's uh it's an ads it's got like a scraper and then uh there's also a mcleod it's like a flat edge on one side and the other side has like tines on it and then um different just different types of scraping and digging tools and um depending on where you're at and what your mission is because i mean these these fires they get broken split up into like incidents um and then they have like divisions and then you'll have like an incident commander and division commanders and then they just send you know personnel so there's one enormous fire, and then it's kind of broken into jurisdictions. Yeah, like Various groups much. of teams are doing various things to, to quell parts of 
parts yeah. of that. Yeah. Um, so like hand crews can do a pretty wide variety of just physical labor towards like the greater mission. So a lot of it was like hiking out in the woods and like digging what's called fire lines, which are like, um, they, it's just it's like, like a building trench. a trail. Yeah, yeah. Well, not like if anyone's familiar with like trail building, it's okay. basically the same thing. You're digging hand line. So you're just, it, it's less of a trench and more of just like getting down to like bare mineral soil and removing like all the fuels from like one side. So you're, you're going to have like theoretically like your fire will burn up into that point and then you've eliminated the fuels. Like they'll come in with like chainsaws and cut everything back and then they'll like, uh, you'll, you'll clear the ground. And so that keeps the fire from like breaking that line. Um, we did a lot of that um and then after fire had been through an area uh we do what's called like mop up which is where you go through and you're like digging out like hot spots because the fire can go into the ground oh yeah so like if a root goes into the ground then right some part of it could be smoldering and it could just sit there and reignite at some point yeah so like trees shrubs like anything organic with like root system can continue continue burning and then like um it can it can keep going under the ground and then eventually like start other fires it can it'll be really hot too like yeah it, I, I was really surprised um, yeah so my question was going to be like how can you how can you find a hot spot how can you tell well there's several different methods and it depends on uh you know how fresh of a burned area it is like a lot of times you can just spot smoke but then sometimes uh, they're pretty thorough with, like, going back in. Uh, you might grid a particular area, like, a few different times. And the standard might be, like, so far out, you know, along the edge of, like, the the black, which is the, which is the uh, burned area. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the green is, like, unburned. So, like, you're trying to secure the black to prevent it from, like, you know, reigniting into the green. So, there, depending on like what the standard, uh, what you're, I guess higher up, you know, they put the information down to your bosses, and anyway, um, you'll go out a certain distance, and so like initially you're just putting out like big smoke, um, and then like maybe the second or third, maybe even fourth sweep through an area, uh, you might actually be like putting your hands like in holes and like checking for warmth. Wow. Um, yeah. So you got to be pretty thorough. Yeah. I, were you telling me about like like a, a smoking root or something could lay dormant and hot for like two weeks or something like that, and then finally erupt into a new fire like somewhere completely different? Uh, well, the way it would work, um, you could have like, say for instance, a stump uh, that like burned out, and it's got like all this debris like roots and crap under underneath the ground that could be like smoldering and it could like spread and it could just like uh make the ground surface so so hot that like the like it could be close to the line and it could go under and then like the stuff that's on the surface could ignite like you got like lots of dead brown pine needles or other fuel sources yeah and that that ground heat could 
could be so so reach, warm. Reaches like sort of a critical heat. Yeah, that, yeah. That like all the brown and the dead stuff like uh, just combusts. Yeah, it could reignite stuff like that. Or you could have like uh, you know an area where there's some smoldering um, uh, debris, like kind of exposed, and then winds could pick those up also. So you got to make sure you like put out all your coals and embers and everything um cuz that could also spread. Um so yeah. Yeah. Uh it sounds like a lot of work. You're <laughs> you're putting a lot of uh, a lot of your back and a lot of your arms into it. Yeah, I wish I would have like logged some type of uh <laughs> like fitness tracker cuz yeah. There were some days where we like hiked like 10 15 miles, you know. Sort like of a up map in my hike. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like I should have, but uh, we were so like out, out of service most of the time anyway. Sure. And I ended up just leaving my phone behind at the base a lot because it was just so hot. And I was like, I don't want to like drop my oh, phone and like right. have it Melt you know, it. get yeah. damaged or, you know, it's just, there was no reason to take my phone most of the time. Some days I'd take it for pictures, but, uh, and most of the time I'm sure you're probably busy. Yeah, I mean, exactly. I mean, yeah. You're yeah, working I can't on the imagine fire they schedule. look too fondly upon like you taking <laughs> selfies with like <laughs> Check out this burnt fruit. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag no filter. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Uh how big was your crew? How many people were you working with? So traditionally like a uh, a hand crew is about 20 to 25 people roughly. So okay. And then you're broken up further into like squads, which are like you know ten to twelve people. But the whole the whole crew with our crew bosses is like twenty five ish people, um, and we were all National Guard soldiers. But our uh, our leadership were like seasoned firefighters. So. Yeah, you were saying there were some cool guys that oh, have been yeah, doing for it forever, sure. and <laughs> they know they know their shit. Yeah, yeah, some some crusty old dudes that have been working for the forest service or like uh washington has department of natural resources um there's a big state agency as well i guess uh, and then there's like um bureau of land management but different different agencies they all kind of like combine yeah. efforts on these uh on these uh fires and it's it's kind of cool but yeah definitely some some cool dudes who've been doing that crap for like, you know, 30 years. And it's, <laughs> it's right. interesting. It's, it's a cool world. <laughs> It'd be interesting to, for that to be a lifestyle thing. Well, I remember you saying that like you could see yourself doing that someday. I'm actually, I'm trying to get, uh, right now I'm looking for jobs for the start of, uh, this coming fire season, mm-hmm. I guess right next year. When yeah. does it kick off? Well, like for Oregon, Washington, June is usually the start. Yeah. And then, September, October is usually like the official end of the season, I suppose. There's so more or less like good weather camping season. <laughs> like the times when you go hike up onto yeah. a mountain and not have insane amounts of snow or something. Right. Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it seems like, I mean, like you enjoy camping. You like being outdoors. Um, it seems like this would give you a lot of what you enjoy uh, and probably also felt really purposeful. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely, it's not it's not easy and uh like you do 14 day rotations and your duty day you know usually starts at like four or five in the morning and then you're getting back to camp like nine ten at night so it's you know a long day pretty long days um 
and you know you, you're breathing a lot of smoke a lot of dust and you're just nasty and but i don't know there's also something kind of enjoyable about that <laughs> right right i don't well, know what it is but i imagine just the fact that it, it's purposeful yeah you know, it has a lot to do with it like you're, you're seeing the fruits of your labor right um it's i don't know it's one thing for for me to work like at a at a shoe store you know getting <laughs> shoes and like oh, right. that person's happy they got a they got a nice pair of shoes and i have no relationship with the with the shoe with the shoemaker or the coat that know, it matches or, yeah yeah or the cow that it came from yeah um but you know you have a relationship with the land you're a camper you know you're someone who camps anyways and um uh, you're not like a Winnebago or anything. Right. (laughs) But, but, um, uh, but yeah, you, you have a relationship with, with the forest and with the land. And I imagine that it it gives you more of a connection, like seeing, um, sort of like you're taking care of it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Has it, has it changed much of how you see, uh, like, cause you've been camping since then. Like, has it changed anything about that? Uh, not really. No. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> Do you still like campfires? Yeah. Okay. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. It, did, it did not ruin campfires for me. That That's good. Yeah. Well, I'm sure I, there, I'm, there's got to be an amount of safety consciousness of like, you know, you're probably hyper aware of what you need to do when you're having your own contained fire for fun. Uh not really. <laughs> 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 but I, I mean, I know how I would put it out if it got out of hand. Sure, right, right. You're the best person to have at the at the campfire. And I'm also guessing you didn't have campfires when you were with the fire crew. Uh, well, there were lots of times. Like, interestingly enough, we cooked with shovels a lot out there. Okay. Too. Oh, really? <laughs> really? Yeah. I was. It's I was going to try to like wedge this one in there when we were talking about it earlier i was like oh, i'll save it for that's cool we move on but yeah like they would um they fed us really well yeah um like they would have like professional catering services at like all the fire camps and stuff but they pack you like pretty much like a sack lunch for the day with way more than enough food you know uh, probably enough food for like two days two okay. days but just in case they'll slip you like frozen burritos and like tin foil and like stuff like that so you can um you know find like a hot spot or oh dude so you're you know, cooking just, like on the fire that you're I'll trying put to this put this out, out in a second once my burrito is done <laughs> that's fantastic <laughs> yeah there were several times where we'd be like all right uh lunchtime let's go let's go find a you know that's stuff great. that's still burning and <laughs> that's awesome make some food yeah <laughs> so yeah cooking with shovels that's great um what uh did you have i did you try other implements? Did you use the uh, McLeod or anything? <laughs> <laughs> McLeods actually make a, a really good, uh, like, flat grill. Cause I, okay. Th- I have to look at what a McLeod <laughs> is. Yeah, you should look it up. I, I'm horrible at explaining things. It's it's like a big rectangular, yeah. flat, sharp edge on one side, big-ass tines on the other, so you can rake or scrape. Yeah, or if you had, like, like a sausage you could like spear it on the end of the tongue. Yeah, yeah i guess you could i'd never <laughs> we never got sausage so okay know. right yeah well it's probably less shelf stable than a lot of other things <laughs> so <True>. yeah 
Well, it, there are so many times that I've been in the forest, and I think to myself, like, like either being on bike tour and passing through an area that's been burnt out, which right. you know that happens almost every year. I I ride through some place that's been burnt, yeah. Or um, being in a pristine green environment and just thinking, oh, it'd be a shame if this ever burnt up. You know, I, I hope that never happens. Uh, but like when I was uh, 2010, I was up in Washington on Highway 20, going over Washington Pass, and then. Um, 2014 when we went to glacier and then came back through northern washington we were going to go over highway 20 again but it was all on fire that year so uh there was no way to get through so it's the sort of thing that i mean you know you and the people that you were working with have been you know kind of preserving and protecting all these beautiful places that we like to go out and enjoy and kind of find some peace and tranquility and so um it, I'm glad that you did it. I'm glad that you're, you know, I'm glad that you've kind of been bitten by the bug too, it seems. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I guess part of, part of the, uh, I don't know, the, the greater picture, it's not necessarily all about preserving because like wildfires are a natural part of the forest ecosystem. Sure. They right. have to happen. Yeah. Um, well, and so one of the theories is like, the reason why there's been so many out of control wildfires is because we've been preventing so many wildfires like fuel buildup yeah 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 i've read some different articles it's uh, apparently it's actually a controversial yeah yeah that's why i said it's just one of the theories (laughs) right um i i myself have no idea or opinion really yeah. Although everybody knows that they don't want the state park to burn up, or <laughs> everybody knows that they don't want like somebody's like weekend somebody's cabin, to burn. right? Sure. Yeah, yeah. So I think you know, I think a, a bigger part of the picture is trying to mitigate as much as possible, but you still have to let it happen, and that's a lot of the work that they it's do more, in like the off season as well. They do like prescribed burns and uh, you know, like fuel elimination and cleanup and stuff. It, it it's stuff that has to be done, but right. And also, you know, as populations grow bigger, people are moving, you know, closer to forested areas. More or, people have a cabin in the woods. Yeah, yeah. stuff like that. So Portland creep into the <laughs> yeah, woods. <laughs> seriously. <laughs> <laughs> we are Portland creep. <laughs> and there's actually a lot of uh, people who, you know, make, make a living off of these uh, lands as well. You know, there's a lot of ranchers that... Um, have livestock that that graze out out in uh, you know public lands, and yeah. I guess they have permits. And then logging, um, regardless of how you feel about that, forestry, you know, yeah, right. Um, you know, different different things happen. So you know, yeah, it's just, uh, everything is basically a shared use area, right? In most ways, so yeah. Well, and then there is like wilderness where, again, like you know, there's the natural fire cycle. And like if some wilderness burns, sometimes maybe it's like it was its time or something. Uh, but then sometimes like, I don't know. I'm sure I mean, you're not the guy making the decisions when you're out there fighting <laughs> the fire. So you don't, you don't get to decide where they draw the lines and where the trenches go. Exactly. But um, just a laborer. <laughs> but you're an important laborer. Uh, yeah. Every cog is important to the machine. <laughs> <laughs> uh well what uh what's something that you like well, what's applicable to somebody who doesn't fight fires what's something that you could uh something you learned while you were doing this that you could pass along to somebody else besides how to put hot dogs on a mcleod actually <laughs> one one important thing i did learn and i didn't really know before was like just the danger of like dead trees mm-hmm. like if you're out you know in the woods um trees can be like fatal um that's that's actually like what i think kills 
more firefighters than anything. It's you mean like, like a tree falling on you? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, like um, dead trees or or like burned out trees are called snags. You know, like they can if they're unstable, they can fall over when the winds pick up. Right. Um, For a reason, they are called snags. And then also, like you'll have like limbs hanging in the tops of trees, like they call those widow makers. Like they, oh can, yeah, yeah. Just, yeah right and that's something i mean like anyone who's getting like out in backcountry you know you can find like dead trees that are hazards not like, necessarily anywhere. where there's been a fire exactly yeah, yeah. it can happen with, with or without fire you know it's, protect your neck yeah so as the wu-tang clan would say. <laughs> that's right <laughs> now like on groom trails and stuff like that you know you're less likely to see that Probably, I mean, I don't know for sure, but I assume that, you know, uh, forestry crews and whatnot probably do maintenance on those trails and sure. people right. are looking But it could happen anywhere. Kind of yeah. So. I was riding on Tillamook Street uh, like two months ago and Adele and I were out late and it was a windy night and like some, like, I don't know if it was a walnut or like a pine cone or a branch or something, something fell out of the tree and hit me on the head really, really, really hard. Yeah. Oh. So yeah, trees are dangerous. Well, and I've always wondered, you know, you'd you don't hear about it and i guess it's pretty rare but every now and then there's like a pretty sizable limb or even tree that falls on the road and i've oh, always yeah. thought like man like what if i was biking over what there? what if that was you yeah <laughs> yeah 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 you it's very rare that like it actually hits anybody right i i don't remember any reports around that here around town but if a tree just, falls on a cyclist does the cyclist make a noise <laughs> sadly no yeah <laughs> Boy, this got dark. (laughs) Silence. (laughs) Look at you. You're growing. You're building the silence. Well, thank you, number one, for doing what you were told to do because it was good for a lot of people, including us because we're going to go out in the the woods again someday. Did you ever, Uh, by the way, like, did you ever come across like a burnt out cabin or anything like that? Like just out of my own morbid curiosity, I guess. um, Not any, not any burnt up cabins, but on one particular fire uh we were in like kind of northeastern washington a little town called fruitland fruitland yeah Yeah, um if anyone knows where that is but there was like uh there were several like structures and houses that got burned in that area and so like we were actually like putting out uh well like trying to like contain heat from like a house that burned out it was like all the foundation stuff and all that crap but is it the okanagan valley or is that farther east uh, i think that's a little bit further east i think that's closer to like uh davenport okay okay like maybe north of there gotcha yeah i'm really horrible with uh washington geography it's all good (laughs) i know i was all over the place too so right right you visited several parts of the state yeah yeah well, uh, yeah, a, a big thank you for from us and from all yeah, of our listeners. Yeah. I, I would imagine everyone would agree. So uh, welcome back Thanks. and uh, best wishes for many more fruitful seasons of firefighting <laughs> to you. Yeah, hopefully. We'll see yeah. if, if I do a full season this year and don't like it, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> <laughs> then, then you'll know. Back to the drawing board, yeah. <laughs> if people want to see uh, pictures of your ash-smudged face, where would they go? Uh, <laughs> I mean, most of that's on Facebook. Oh, okay. I, can, I can give you guys one to upload. To All right, the cool. Yeah. So they can go to the sprocketpodcast.com. Yeah. Excellent. 
good. <laughs> well, cool. You got time to hang out with us for our uh, news and mail? Oh, hell yeah. All right. Fabulous. Well, uh, here come our headlines. What can compare with the thrill of a brand new bike? <laughs> it's gonna be like our new transition. I know. Now. I know. <laughs> All right. Uh, first up from Oregon Live. Uh, oh yeah, this you, is the game. Yeah this this is a game I I'm I've encouraged us all to play. Could you live on Oregon's minimum wage or on fifteen dollars an hour? Right. I did not know this. Oregon has the second highest minimum wage in the country. After Washington? Maybe. I don't know. Oh, okay. It doesn't, yeah. doesn't say in the <laughs> article. It doesn't say in the article, so I won't, right. I won't ever find out. Washington's <laughs> is pretty high. Is it? Yeah. Uh, is it higher than 925? Because that is our minimum wage. Okay. Uh, it's been, I think it was 860 last time I was getting minimum wage. Okay. Yeah. So it's been a while. Um, yeah, which still seems really low to me. Uh, anyways, at 925 an hour... Doesn't go very far in Portland in 2015. Right. According to a new report of the City Club of Portland, a $12 an hour minimum wage would still generate less than half of Portland's median household income. Median, for that a means single person. The more very people, middle. yeah, more people yeah. have that much income than most others. Right. Okay. Right. Which I guess kind of surprises me. As opposed to the mean or the mode. I hate math. I, I, yeah, I failed my statistics. <laughs> uh, but anyways, yeah, and so it, on the on the little link there that that I supplied, you get a little uh, there's there's a little interactive. Um, I don't know what you, what would you call this thing? Uh, I believe they call it a calculator. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, they do. <laughs> which some people have programmed games into. Sure. On your old TI. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, anyways, on this calculator, computer, <laughs> uh, you can you can punch in your monthly uh, expenditures of housing, food, childcare, oh yes, transportation, healthcare, and other necessities. Right, you can find out whether or not you can live on minimum wage. And this is based on the or on fifteen an hour. You can see right. like at the bottom there there is a little graph that tells you. For example, I I happen to be apparently still eight hundred dollars under <laughs> if I were making minimum wage. That's pretty impressive. Uh, yeah, so I may have been a little too uh, liberal, conservative. No, oh, right, right, on, right, on my expenditures. Mm-hmm. Like maybe you would need to spend more. Right. Well, I'm looking at the numbers here because I see a number that talks about how much I spend every month for my lifestyle. Right. And. Uh, or how much I'm projecting I Which would spend. Which you, you had already figured out independently of, oh, of I, this game. Yeah, I'm a finance nerd. I've right. been spending a lot of time on websites <laughs> and spreadsheets and things. So, um, yeah. I, I know for a fact that the monthly expenses that I just punched into this calculator are probably about half of what we actually spend every month. Oh, yeah? Because we're very extravagant. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we could get by on far less, but we would be far less comfortable. I, I am accustomed to luxury in my lifestyle that I now have. <laughs> 
Simplifying so, the good life. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe a little farther on the good life than the simplifying. I buy a lot of vinyl. That's the problem. <laughs> uh, Too many vinyl records. That's under other necessities. Oh, there we go. Okay, so other. I need to increase should, that number. Yep, you should punch in your, your vinyl <laughs> allowance in there. This calculator is also pre-tax. Oh, right. Okay, so good gotcha. Good point. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So it turns out for me, at minimum wage, Oregon's nine twenty five an hour, I am one hundred forty six dollars over. over. So I would have to trim one hundred forty I'd have to buy fewer you vinyls. Gotta, gotta tighten your belt there. <laughs> yeah. But I think part of it is that uh again, like, you know, even what I'm estimating here is uh I spend way more than that. Yeah. Yeah. How much do you spend on childcare? None. Okay. So you're good there. Yeah. Where else can we cut your budget? <laughs> I need to have fewer children than I already do. Uh, <laughs> and so I, uh, $15 an hour is a great number. Um, it's not far from what I make in my job right now. Yeah. Um, so I am 373 under if they were to increase the uh, minimum wage to $15 an hour. Another beef I have with this calculator is there... Assuming that if you're making minimum wage that you're working a standard 40-hour work week. Oh, right. Oh, which a lot snap. of minimum wage jobs are not. Are totally. Not. It's all They're part-time. They're usually part-time. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Good point. Good call. Suck it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm that's so right. glad we had you in for this. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> uh, well, that's fascinating. I, I would encourage anyone who lives in Oregon to check that out. And anyone yeah. who's curious about Oregon, anyone who's thinking wanna... about moving to Oregon should check that out. <laughs> uh, yeah. I feel like they should uh, also give you a calculator if you're only able to get a job for 20 hours a week. <laughs> the $15 an hour would sound a hell of a lot better. You're like, right. yeah, I can maybe swing that if I live with six other people. Exactly. Well, yeah. and that's part of the thing is, that, like, yeah, for the the stuff that I was calculating, like I started by factoring in that uh, we split rent. Right. Um, and it turns out, like, you know, if, if I pared down, if I ate nothing but beans and rice for, like, you know, 30 days every month, and then that one day, I went to Chipotle and got some chicken on it. It got more beans and rice. Yeah, yeah, but, but, but also chicken. <laughs> oh, right. Um, and one of those margaritas that you can get at a Chipotle. <laughs> you can get them. I don't How I crazy don't is that, know. right? But that's not, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so anyways, what else we got in news? Oh, yes. <laughs> what else we got is Families for Safe Streets to launch Sunday, as in yesterday, on National Day of Remembrance. Oh, dude, I've been seeing this and, around town. Yeah, yeah. I bring this up even though it's late. Uh, I bring this up because obviously we're not going to be able to uh, uh, join this rally here. Uh, but I bring it up because th- just to show that there's this organization is now in existence. Uh, a new organization for people whose lives have been changed by traffic violence will hold its first public event this weekend as part of the world day of remembrance for road traffic victims members and supporters of oregon and southwest washington families for safe streets will meet noon sunday at 1805 north so that's this past Avenue. sunday yes this will meet at noon yesterday while we were at the cycle cross race <laughs> while we were out having fun there were people actually doing serious shit true the group based here in Portland has been convened by Christy Finney, who became a vocal and respected safety advocate after her son Dustin was killed in 2011 by a drunken driver on Division Street. I think I remember this one. I don't. I don't remember this at all. Uh, but yeah, that's. Uh, I would say that's. It's a great way to have used that that energy. Um, yeah, 
So is this yeah. the, this is where there's uh, like little cutouts of people attached to signposts and things around town? Yeah, yeah. There's I've a got hashtag a, on got it. Got a little picture. Let me pull that up here. Which of, is it? Uh, Safe Streets PDX. Correct. Is the hashtag? Yep. And then uh, there's the, just the date I think of of the loss of life on this cut out of the person. Yeah. That's taped so the you, I I would imagine you could or one could take a little cut out there is oh yeah there is one maybe that's where maybe that's where uh dustin here uh was on division killed. street there's one yeah it's like 86 the division yeah somewhere out right there, there on the east side yeah yep. i remember I, I rode by it and i was um yeah i was pretty struck by it yeah because as i drive the school bus around town i seen uh just uh, today i saw up. a few of them yeah. in a lot of different great. places a few on barber well, i mean it's sad that there's that yeah. many but it's great that this movement is gaining traction right well and the yeah. dates are interesting too because there's a few on uh on marine drive uh on my bike ride in and yeah. um yeah they there's like one recent. in 2006 one in 2007 uh one more recently than that but yeah uh more than i knew about so I would imagine there's probably some thoughts in both directions. I remember some people don't like ghost bikes because they give the image that cycling that, is dangerous and you shouldn't do it. But other people like ghost bikes because it reminds people, you know, like, you go about to watch out for people on bikes because, like, you know, people are people no matter what mode of transport they sure. take. So, um, yeah, I, I'm glad this is happening because it's one of those awareness builders. It's it's like, you know. Yeah, yeah. I I would say much in the same way that why I like ghost bikes is it, it shows that, I mean, not that walking or cycling is dangerous, but just that the streets are dangerous and that, you know, it just shows a, sort of a, a hole in our consciousness mm-hmm. right. of what we're paying attention to. Well, it's to. like anything. It, it's kind of like uh, like the homelessness crisis. Like we have a state of emergency declared by our city that, you know, like there are so many people living outdoors that right. it's been declared a state of emergency. And it's kind of like when something becomes visible, like when, you know, when there are tents on the I-205 bike path, for example, like, I you know, I've ridden that path for years. I've never seen anybody... Um, just tent right just there. tenting right on the on the right. yeah but now there's like so many people living outdoors and at a certain point when an issue becomes so visible you can't ignore it you gotta you gotta start thinking about it you gotta and start thinking about solving it and yeah. starting thinking about it is the first step to doing something about it so yeah i, I like uh i like that awareness is being raised here yeah that's yeah 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 like i said like it's sad that there's this many um sort of cutouts or, or ghost pedestrians yeah but yeah, uh, I think it's great that already. At, what is it? It's only a day old, and mm-hmm. already this movement has gained so much traction. Yeah, there's a lot. Uh, there's a lot of representation out there in the communities. So yeah. So uh, thank you. And to as those, far out as yeah. Marine Drive, that's really awesome. Right. Too. Yeah. Even up on the edge, uh, where where a few people. Yeah. 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 It's one of the, one of the things uh, when I ran into Steph Routh, um, who by the way is. Uh, heading up the podcast why isn't anybody talking about that's this? that's right yeah. which is mentioned in our take first, a drink krista that's right <laughs> hey uh can i do this sure we got mail hey we got mail yeah well anyways when i was talking to her one of her f- bigger frustrations was uh a lot of the inner city a lot of the nicer neighborhoods are getting a lot of the attention and the for as far as safety infrastructure oh yeah um but the places that need it like further out from 82nd sure east portland or up in the industrial areas or obviously are are not barber boulevard southwest uh yeah the places that don't get as much attention in the media ordinarily yeah for sure anyways 
Well, I was I just said so, that because you mentioned yeah. Steph Routh's podcast, which she does with Michael Tete and uh, someone else whose name I have forgotten so far. That's okay. Yeah. Uh, I Donia. Uh, oh right. Who's last? Yes. Whose last name slips by me now? Yeah. But of Urban Adonia, the blog. That's right. Because the first piece of mail from Richard uh, says. Uh, this is for E266. Correct. Which stands for episode 266. <laughs> Another great show, he says. I'll check out Steph's new podcast. That's Why Isn't Anyone Talking About This. Uh, you can find it at whyisntanyone.com. Dot com? Yeah. Uh, make sure I'm right there. I still think you should end the show as Schwarzenegger and Stallone or Captain Kirk and Mr. Spock. So <laughs> we'll have to we'll have to give this some consideration. Well, it's yeah. really up to Mr. Harkins here. Oh, hey, there's another train going by. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that was louder than I expected. How did that been. double up like that? I think I'm at it. Uh, I think I hit it twice. Oh, <laughs> there! Oh my god! It's the East Portland Traction Company. <laughs> um, so, anyways, why isn't anyone talking about this? this? Is a great conscientious look at uh, a lot of the issues that are facing people in urban design, and uh, you know, right now they're talking about Portland, but I would imagine they're going to expand their focus to other places that have interesting things to talk about. So, uh, yeah, Steph and Michael and Adonia, all uh, great voices. I'm glad their voices are out there. Uh, if you like what they're doing, right now they're starting to fund their project, and uh, uh, I would recommend I gave them some money in the name of the Sprocket Podcast, oh. and uh, you you should too if you have some yeah. extra bucks kicking around. You know, it's always nice to help somebody get off their feet, and, uh, oh, you're right, hang on. Uh, let me, sorry. Yes. Currently, they have $845 raised. And what are they shooting for? Let me uh, get that in. They're shooting for more than that. And <laughs> you might have some of that in your pocket. They you are, might have some of that in your second latte. You you might have. They are currently uh, trying to raise 1500 so Yes. Come on. That's not, that, that's not that much. You can do it. They can do it. And you can help. Yeah. I'm going to so. help right now. Hey. But first, I'm going to do this podcast. All right. <laughs> <laughs> you sounded exactly like uh, uh, the guy from Livewire. Oh, <laughs> I, I don't listen to Livewire, so I wouldn't know. It's all know. right. No, no. It, uh, you, it was just uh, it was a delivery very reminiscent of his. Ah, I see. Yeah. Uh, Bert F. says, Hi, Aaron. When you get to Mexico City, you might want to check out Los Losers, a group of punk rock bike riding vegan sandwich makers. Is it Los Losers or Los Losers? Uh, I think it's losers, uh, because I've been watching their videos. Okay, actually, and and like this is kind of like they put an L on they their put forehead, an L with on, their fingers, on, like things, or they do like an L selfie. Oh, nice! Uh, to other things that they like. Wasn't yeah. there uh, um, uh, who who is that? Uh, LFO, the pop band. Don't Didn't know. they have something about an L on your forehead? Sure. I don't know. Or was that... No, no, that was even, Smash Mouth. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Were you, like, trolling me? No. No, I was not. I was trying to recall from my own memory things out of pop culture. <laughs> yes. I honestly have... I don't know who LFO is. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. I forget what it stands for. Uh, they had that one song, Every Other Time. Nope. And then Life Doesn't. Is Good was the other single. Neither of these yeah. sound familiar They were a me. bunch... They were, they were like L.A. white kids with... Uh, like too much shine on their on their <laughs> attempted hip hop. Ah, not really hip hop though. It was like it was like pop music with a little bit of yeah. They weren't that good. 
<laughs> I am, however, an unabashed uh, fan of Smash Mouth's early catalog. Of course you are. Not of the later stuff. <laughs> I do you not don't celebrate like their, their entire catalog. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, they, they did a cover of that, uh, the, the song from The Breakfast Club, Don't You Forget About Me. No. Yes. Because they did a cover of like a monkey's tune. Yes. You know, a while back. That was For pretty Shrek. awful. That was the beginning yeah. of the end for them. Yeah. <laughs> sure that was. However, guitarist Greg <laughs> Camp, who was the songwriter, Actually, has a better voice than the vocalist from the band. I, this is all Smash Mouth talk now. Uh, we're done. <laughs> this has been Smash Mouth talk. Go out and Rocket check out Greg Camp's album, Defector. It's great. Oh, no. <laughs> That's Defector with a K. Oh, my God. In the middle. Of course it is. Uh, all right. Okay. Lastly, from uh, Caleb in Leeds. Leeds? In Leeds. Where's Leeds? I, <laughs> You just found out just recently. <laughs> I did. I looked it he up says, on the map. He says, I assume I'm the listener in Leeds. I although, assume he is, too. Although ba- I am, although based here, I'm originally from Vancouver. I've been here 12 years, so I know a bit about cycling. So Leeds is in Great Britain, north of London, but ah. south of Scotland. Okay. I only knew that from watching the increasingly poor decisions of Todd Margaret. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a big David Cross fan. Yeah, yeah. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Is that one of those, uh, is it an Amazon show? Uh, no. no, it was FX, wasn't it? No, oh. it was uh, the independent. Uh, oh, IFC. Whatever. Yeah. Oh, okay. IFC. Gotcha. Yeah. Nice. Worth watching. Uh, yeah. that's, I I think so, but nice. You know. Nice. <laughs> anyway, sorry. <laughs> sorry. No, don't apologize. Leeds is fantastic, as we hear. <laughs> as Adrian says, uh, understanding the traffic rules takes time. The signage for most for the most part is quite different than North America. It would be tough to just grab a bike and try to cope with it, though many tourists try. I would imagine you to be one of those tourists. Yeah. It's like, I'm going out and leaving. <laughs> I'm doing this. Alone. <laughs> London, or with Caleb. London seems pretty insane for cycling or driving. I tend to stick to the tube and walking, but you do have to keep your eyes open. I like that they call it the tube. Right. Not the subway. Yeah. Mind the gap. <laughs> Which is, I I still haven't figured out like what that is. Yeah, keep Keep calm. Okay. And try on. I don't know. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> it's uh, the worst website ever. <laughs> My general impression is London has better infrastructure than other cities. Uh, Leeds, for the most part, has cycle lanes that are just three feet of paint on the road edge. That's three feet in a metric country. That's, oh, yeah. So that's generous. Is that, that is? one meter? Or it's a little over one meter. More than one meter? Nice, yeah. nice. Uh, they're often blocked during rush hour, and at this time of year, debris builds up. Ooh, not nice. Is it crazy over here? Yes, London, definitely. Leeds is a bit less so. Not as congested as London, but the drivers and cyclists can be quite aggressive. You know Cheers. who else is aggressive? What's that? Caleb. He's awesome. <laughs> yeah. I bet he's one of those guys that's out there killing it in Leeds. <laughs> killing it in Leeds. Yeah. Where the where the infrastructure is just three feet of Yeah. Of three lane. imperial feet <laughs> well, not metric feet well besides us wasn't wasn't britain one of the last great holdouts well yeah but i thought it was like some like 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 mongolia or something was the last like imperial measurement country or something um because britain went metric a long time ago and we should have like it would have been more logical i think in imperial measurements we tried we but, tried right i'm right. sorry jimmy carter we tried so it goes yeah i am wearing a sweater <laughs> there you go. Yeah. yeah. That's true. Yeah. Uh so thank you. Uh I'm curious, Caleb, 
after 12 years, did you say it was 12 years ago he 12 moved? 12 years. So does he speak with a British accent yet, or does he still have his Canadian speech? I don't think so. Uh, it depends, though, right? Because uh, Adele, uh, Adele has an aunt who lives in Britain. She's originally from Lancaster, Pennsylvania. Uh-huh. Totally British accent. For real? Yeah. How long has she been there? A long time. So the way I understood it, um, as as told to me by an Irish substitute teacher in high school, is <laughs> you lose your accent or you gain a native accent, depending on where you are, uh-huh. um, when you uh, acquire the other the other uh, culture's vocabulary. Oh, okay. Oh, sure. Like uh, when you start talking about the tube and minding the gap. And stuff. Right, right. Yeah. Um, which I guess might be possible. It's just that the... The English language here and the English language there have so many words in common. Oh yeah, yeah. that I, it would be very difficult. I would say to acquire. It's easy their to keep your yeah. with your with their mm-hmm. accent. I sometimes but, I do that, like but I don't I'm, know. I don't know how language <laughs> or yeah. I'm I'm not a linguist. I don't know how language fucking works. language. How does it work? <laughs> <laughs> Miracles everywhere. <laughs> We need some juggalos. That's right. <laughs> Daniel, uh, you should give us the theme Richard for Richard did read suggest the Stallone and Schwarzenegger or uh, Kirk and Spock, or well, no. I'll say I'm right not, now, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna, oh, yeah. I'm not gonna Let's like, not, yeah. yeah, I'm not yeah. gonna sully the, mm-hmm. the results of the survey right. here. Uh, go Arkans, ahead, you choose. I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to say Kirk and Spock. Oh, good. I'm uh, glad you did. All right, <laughs> I get to be Spock. <laughs> I'm totally cool with that. <laughs> Do you need to? Okay. Yeah, yeah. All right. There you go. Uh, here it comes. All right. Let me turn you up a little. Oh, thanks. Or, actually, no. I'm going to turn you down a little. Then I'll turn you up later. Perfect. <laughs> Our website is thesprocketpodcast.com. Email to thesprocketpodcast at gmail.com. Call or text to 503-847-9774. Twitter at Sprocket Podcast. Thanks to Ryan J. Lane for our theme music. Hurtbird for our headline sounder. Marcus Norman for graphic design. And thanks to our sustaining donors, a logical choice. Logan Smith, Johnny K, Shadowfoot. Katharina Mellengard, Wayne Norman, Doug Robertson. Ethan Georgie, Justin Martin, Eric Iverson. Cameron Lean, Richard Winzinski, Tim Mooney. Orange and purple, Glenn Kubish, Matt Kelly. Jim Gooden. Eric Wise, Doug Cohen Miller, Todd Parker, Scott McAllister Morgan, Dan Gebhardt, Chris Zoe Campania, <laughs> sorry, and John Blood, Allison Wiley, Andy Brunner, Dave Nose, Lars V. Chris Smith, Christy Kaster, Caleb Jenkinson, JP Cooley, Peanut Butter Jar Matt, Patrick, Archane, Gabriel, Trainer, Sebastian, Poole, Marco Lowe, Rich Otterstrom, Andrew Alderson, Drew, The Wilder, Anna, Chris the Skugis, John Wasserman, Andre Johnson, Shelley, and Troy. King of Division, John Zissen, and Richard G. Brush your teeth. And go to bed. Sabotage. Pinwheel of Death. Oh, there. What you're saying is... <laughs> Take that. <laughs> Coffee cup across the room. 
All right. I just um, thought I'd release the tension there. Fabulous. <laughs> I realized that I'm really bad at creating silence. At creating yeah, silence? Yeah, because actually, like, artfully used silence in audio medium is, is pretty engaging. Oh, yeah, sure. Like, when people stop Keeps talking, people, people are like, wait, or... wait, what are they stop? Why? What, what's going on? What, uh? And then, yeah, then you can throw a coffee cup and it's everything works out. <laughs> yeah. 